Live to tape. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Um, I'm hosting today because Andrew couldn't be with us, so buckle up. God help. Um, <laughs> he had Sorry. an appointment to get his asshole bleached this morning. It didn't go very well, and now he's in urgent care, but that's a story for another time. Um, we also have a guest with us today, John Thrasher from the podcast Currently. How are you doing, John? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show as a replacement Andrew. I hope he's doing okay. You after... will... oh, that's you a rookie will... mistake. He'll learn from it. You'll <laughs> do great. You'll be a, a great replacement, I'm sure, awesome. moving forward. Um, so tell us, I know about Currently because, of course, I know you, but tell right. us about your show. <laughs> tell us about your podcast. Well, yeah. So I have a podcast, not terribly different from millennial after looking over um your guys's notes i mean we i do a podcast with my friend darren she's a co-worker of mine um she's also happens to be andy cohen's assistant and we both work at bravo and oxygen the cable networks and mm. we really um just clicked together and we thought let's do a show and i actually had hosted um glee chat for four years and for those of you who are listening from Hypable, you probably have heard of it or maybe you have even listened. And uh, Glee was sort of winding down and I was still sort of itching to do a show because I love to have a podcast. So we teamed up and we do an all topics variety podcast. Not mm. like I said, very similar to this, but um, we're a little more sort of we're less political. Like I know you guys get into a lot of politics and we will tonight. Um do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Let's be honest. It's Elisa and Laura who really yeah, need yeah. kind of politics. <laughs> we have been dabbling in po- and into politics a little bit, and the fans seem to to like it. But it's very much like you know what we're up to in our professional lives, what's going on with our personal lives, um, ridiculous headlines that we see in the news and on social. So it's really fun, and you guys can check it out at currentlypodcast.com, or you can just search currently in the iTunes store to check it out. Cool. That's awesome. Great. We're yeah. so excited to have you here. We've Thank known you, you for like ever. I know. So I know. I'm I'm closest with Laura for those who don't know, but I'm obviously mm-hmm. still friends with Elisa and Matt as well. And I'm very close with Andrew. Um, we work basically every day together on Hypable. So, so I feel a friend. I know it's really upsetting. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> it's been a real you're, <laughs> you're another you're another Harry Potter connection. Let's just get that out of the way. I <laughs> am. Let's be I real. I mean, let's let's be real. You will rarely find anybody on this show that has not had some sort of connection to Harry Potter. With yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's how Laura. How did I was just thinking before we started tonight like i can't remember exactly when we met but it was an instant connection you and i yeah so i was definitely still in high school because i was living (laughs) i was i was living in georgia at the time yeah but and i know it was harry potter and i know we met online but i don't remember the context yeah for how we met but we became bffs that's the premise of us right Yes, essentially. And now we live, and for those who don't know, we both live in New York, and we did once live five blocks away from each other (laughs) and never saw each other. So, you know, we have some work to do. That's the New York struggle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yep. 
Speaking of New York, what was Halloween like up there? I have my own Halloween story. It got a little funky. Uh, I spent it actually with a couple of listeners in the middle of Texas, but that's we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But what was Halloween like in New York? Because I had a couple of friends uh, up there who were sending me pictures, and it looked like a shit show in the best possible way. Yeah. John, you well, go first. Okay, well, I had my own little Halloween get-together with a couple of close friends. Um, I mean, New York, and I was, by the way, Professor Trelawney, which was, I was really excited to be her because I've always wanted to be her for Halloween. Um, you can maybe see that on my social media somewhere if you want to see pics of it. But yeah, so I had a fun, like, kind of intimate night in with my closer friends because I'm not one of those people that goes out. But the best way to explain Halloween in New York City is like it's basically like a huge college town here. Like yep. everyone gets fucking shit faced every year at Halloween, especially at St. Patrick's Day. They're all dressed up as like a slutty pizza rat and <laughs> it's just like a hot fucking mess every single year. That's why I didn't want to go out. I was like, I'm just going to have a cute little party, you know, at home. I guess I'm just getting older. But yeah, it's always a mess here. But Laura, I don't know if you were participating in slutty pizza rat, but <laughs> I was not. I was a, I was a dead technical support employee. <laughs> That's right. Um, the least so sex Sexy outfit. Oh yeah, no. I let me let me just put this out there. I think sexy costumes are stupid and unoriginal, and I think they just they're representative of a lack of creativity. Absolutely. Agree to disagree on Shots that. Shots fired. Okay, well, I'm like, bitch, I need to talk to. Well, Matt, you're hot, so it's different for you. No, no. but like, <laughs> what I it's, it's like pulling teeth just to get a compliment out of you. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, um, I always try to go for the more creative spectrum of the costumes. Um, I did see a guy this year with a giant inflatable penis. That was literally so long that it touched the ground and it kind of bounced as he walked. So that was really cute. Now, was he in your apartment or? No, no. Surprisingly, he was not. <laughs> Unfortunately. <checking>. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, this year I didn't really do that much because last year I did a lot for Halloween. I was out all night until the sun came up yeah, downtown. See what I mean? You were one of those people. I was one of those people and I can't do it anymore. So this year I just went out to a bar and like had a few drinks. And one of my friends was talking to this creepy ass old man and she like wouldn't oh my make him go away. And I'm texting John while this is happening. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like I'm having to deal with this stupid shit my friend is like 30 years old how does she how does she still do this i just assumed that you were drunk and like a part of the whole scenario so i was like go get them like i didn't really know what else <laughs> i mean i mean i was drunk i was yeah. not i was not happy to be part of that scenario <laughs> so that was how i spent my halloween yeah. matt what about you uh, well, I actually, uh, every year since I've lived in, uh, West Hollywood in Los Angeles, I always go to the parade, the West Hollywood parade. And it is, it is bar none, the, the largest street party in the world for Halloween. Uh, they have at least half a million people that come in every year to walk, uh, on wow. the, on the Santa Monica strip. It's about, I, I will say maybe, maybe a little less than a mile long, but, um, where my apartment is, it's right at the beginning of the parade route. So they close off all the roads around and everybody dresses up. Well, I, I guess most people, like some people even just come just to watch all the costumes, but, uh, it's it's so much fun. There are so many people out there. Everyone everyone's really everyone's really just there to have fun. I actually noticed that uh, a recent article that only three people were arrested, 
and that out of almost a million people that's that's great. amazing but, um this year i dressed it up for the parade i dressed it up i had two costumes uh, like i said last last week i i went as seymour and audrey too from little shop of horrors oh my god that's amazing and for the parade though i dressed up as a, a xenomorph alien from the alien movies and my my boyfriend is really into making costumes uh, out of just like random knickknacks and things. So he made he made himself an ET, and he made me the alien costume. Oh, that's awesome! W- what what my costume basically was was just plastic pumpkins that were bought at Target that 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 we glued together to make a head, <laughs> and a plastic skeleton that we used uh, for the tail and the teeth, and it was. Really, it looked really good. I was so surprised, and people kept screaming, "Oh my God, it's Predator!" It's Predator. Can you can, can you do us a favor, Matt? Can you post a picture of that in the Millennial Facebook group because I think everyone needs to see it. I did. You did? Yeah, I he did. did. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, you need to go on. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't really interact <laughs> yeah. with. I, I, I am. I am. I am not a humble person. All right. I'm a complete ham. It's all over the Facebook feed. <laughs> well, Elisa, I think you do interact with people based well, on your Halloween. Yeah, I was just going to say that too. This year for Halloween, I dressed up in the end as disgruntled airline customer um, <laughs> because I was in Austin, Texas, on Thursday and Friday for work, and. I don't know if anyone heard, but there are a few fucking tornadoes and um, biblical flooding in Austin over over the weekend. So I got stuck there. I was stuck there until Sunday morning. Uh, um, my in actual the well, so actual Halloween, mm. the night of Halloween. I yes, I was in the airport for like eight hours. Uh, um, oh my god. So I missed I missed the festivities. I didn't get to dress up like a banana or any of that. It was really disappointing. But wait, were you going to dress up like a banana? Yeah, yeah. I talked about it in the last show. I think I think it was the last show. I, you I, were was, I was no 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 no. I had a fruit suit. <laughs> it was legit. Um, but in any case, <laughs> the night the night before Halloween though, it ended up being okay. It was worth it because uh, I was randomly found myself stuck in Austin for an extra night. And I hit up the Facebook group and said that I wanted to hang out. And a couple of people replied. So uh, Terrence, (laughs) (laughs) shout out to Terrence and Tiffany who dealt with my drunk ass for like four hours that (laughs) night. Um, (laughs) Way way to be committed to this show, by the way, to just like show up. And hang out with a stranger who's drunk and rambling incoherently. That was their night. What exactly uh, did you guys do though? So we yeah, went out to we went out to Sixth Street, which is like the famous like bar scene in Austin, and we just we just drank and got <laughs> dinner and walked around. And people were dressed up and like so here's what I've learned about Austin. It doesn't need to be Halloween for people to be weird. And People were dressed up not just as one thing, but as multiple things. So, you know, I saw a guy who was walking around, um, like in like a uh, like an alien, which would have been fine in and of itself, except the alien had a princess dress on, and I'm like, mm, you want to just pick one? Just pick one. <laughs> no, but no, it, but was... it has to be it has to be more than one thing, or or it's not original. 
Uh, apparently anyway it was a great time and uh terrence and tiffany were just fucking phenomenal like i actually like i had an incredible amount of fun with them it made me start to want to do meetups like that more often honestly because they were just they were so cool and they had so much like awesome feedback about the show and i don't know it was cool it was a really great experience for me wasn't Uh, it a little less so for them isn't it a little surreal because you were telling us that some they were they were there doing are, quotes of previous shows. And there, were like, a couple, there were a couple of times where they like referenced something that I didn't remember. And I'm like, <laughs> shit. I, it, it, it hit me that I'm not, that I'm actually talking to people, which was weird. Uh, anyway. So we have a, we have a pretty full show today. I'm actually excited about this. We have a really awesome discussion planned on all the shit going down with the KKK right now. So I'm sure you guys have heard about, um, the hacker group Anonymous is uh, getting ready to do a massive data dump uh, and re- and release a bunch of names and information about KKK members. So we have a discussion about that. We have a Devil's Advocate game planned. We're going to introduce John to that. I'm excited. I'm uh, nervous, but let's do it. <laughs> and uh, a couple of other stories. But first, Laura has a quick announcement about the Patreon. Yeah, so we wanted to give our $10 patrons a shirt update. If you sign up at the $10 level between September 1st and November 1st, you will be receiving your t-shirt in December. We still have about 25 shirts left, so if you sign up after the November 1st cutoff, you'll receive your shirt in March. We also wanted to remind everyone that once the shirts run out, we will be introducing a new benefit at the $10 level, which will go into effect once we run out of the shirts. Everyone who signed up at the $10 level will get this benefit, even if you already got a t-shirt, because we want to make sure that we're sending out new swag every year. So if you're interested in signing up, just head on over to patreon.com slash millennial and sign up for either two, five or $10 a month to support the show and gain access to our bonus content. I'll be doing that by the way. Oh yeah. I want to support my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shout out to my friend summer, by the way, who actually pledged to support us a few days ago. Hi summer. That's (laughs) right. That's so isn't it trippy when like people you actually yeah. know listen to you? I know it's crazy. Most of my friends listen to me all the time. <laughs> you, you need to <laughs> no, get better friends, like, Elisa. No, most, we don't. Mo- the, the operative word here is most. Matt, speaking as your yep. friend, I can tell you that's not true. <laughs> um, the ten dollar. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think the next ten dollar benefit should be pictures of Andrew's raw asshole. By the way, <laughs> I want everyone to know I'm going to be referencing range and I just said Randrew. Andrew, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew is a raw asshole throughout the episode just to see if he actually listens. Uh, okay. Anyway, he so, will. He'll be taking notes about how poorly we did. <laughs> that's all right. I already am. Um. Laura, we have hidden from the headlines yeah. here. What's, what's going on in the world? Exactly. We, we decided to kick off the show this week with hidden from the headlines. Um, so the UN has released a report covering the period between July 2014 and June of 2015, in which UN staff reportedly downloaded and shared child porn, transported roughly 380 pounds of marijuana in an official UN vehicle, and repeatedly threatened each other with murder. <laughs> this is the united nations <laughs> yeah okay. it, gets, it gets even better four un employees were dismissed for receiving storing and disseminating pornographic images of minors on their official computers and over un networks 
The report also details that one employee was caught trying to steal $2,200 from a passenger while screening their luggage. And yet another UN employee tried to bring a chainsaw onto a UN passenger flight. The fuck? Did I miss the part where the UN is like a worldwide rave? <laughs> what the fuck? I have a question about this. Yeah. If I can jump in. Um, yeah. Not, I mean, I'm obviously not defending child pornography here, but I mean, this seems like such a stupid thing. Like, how stupid can you possibly be to do this on your work computer when you work at the UN? Is this something where, like, they stumbled across someone's, like, Facebook page and there was, like, a new baby with, like, placenta on it. So it's child pornography. Like, what exactly was it? Because it seems like such a dumb thing to do if you're a professional at the UN. Yeah, so the report doesn't actually name the employees, and it doesn't go into gory details, but it does specifically refer to them as being, like, child pornography. pornography. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. it's not... There's not really much gray area there, Well, if it's not... I guess it doesn't say nudity, which I guess would be different than, yeah. like, pornography. That's so disturbing. Yeah, what's also really disturbing is not only there are staff at the UN who are downloading child porn, but they're also sharing it amongst each other. Ugh. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. You work for the UN. Don't you have other shit to do? <laughs> But is this, are these like world leaders? Like, are these Americans? Who exactly? I'm trying to figure out like what the profile is that we're looking at. All it says is their staff. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming and hoping to God that it's not actually leaders, but yeah. who knows, because the UN put Saudi Arabia in charge of human rights. Well, so... then there's the problem. <laughs> this is what yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> This but is it, what happens. I mean, the punishment's not even that that huge. Like one of the staff members who had adult <laughs> pornography was demoted and then blocked from being promoted for two years. So, well, I think the difference there was it was adult pornography for that person. Yeah, I guess so. Like, God, if I had oh, a if it's adult work, pornography, I'm like, hey, just share it with me, <laughs> and you're forgiven. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, bring yeah, br- bring your own bring your own hard drive. I'm concerned when you don't look at adult pornography. So. <laughs> I'm just still trying to figure out the chainsaw. I'm doing it yeah. right now. <laughs> And another thing, you know, we're sourcing this from Vice News. Can I read a quick little blurb from it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. On another occasion, a staff member drove a tractor into the office of a coworker, <laughs> quote, with the intent of damaging the office and injuring the staff member's supervisor. UN investigators chalked up the incident to, quote, longstanding workplace-related issues. Yeah. Okay, that oh sounds God. fair. That's fair. A tractor... I know I what mean, I'm going to do next time somebody on this show pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> Longstanding workplace issues. When I have some, when I have an issue with a coworker, I file an HR report. I don't go out and hire John Deere and Texas <laughs> Chainsaw and bring them into the office. This is this is intense. <laughs> this must be somewhere. This must be another like country where this is somewhat normal. Like this can't be like the UN headquarters here in New York. Right. I mean, again, they're they're so vague with the details in this report. I think it's it sounds widespread to me. Like it's just sort of happening everywhere. Like it wasn't just centralized in one place. It's just the staff. If you think about it, though, in some weird fucked up way, it kind of makes sense because the United Nations is an aggregate of like world 
culture. So like <laughs> if you get if you're gonna get some weird people from a lot of different walks of life. And I can only imagine that some people sought the job out specifically because it gave them access to um unfortunately things like child pornography. Do you know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. will put themselves in a yeah. position where they can have access to that stuff. So I don't know, whatever. Like this is it's it's so disheartening because I'm a big proponent of the United Nations. A lot of people think it's a useless organization. I like it. And then when shit like this comes out, it's like <laughs> I, well done. I, I just, <laughs> well I, done, Draco. Yeah. Well I, done. <laughs> I still just don't get the chainsaw. <laughs> I'm right, telling like, you, the one with the tractor that totally happened in Georgia. Like I was my, say, like my state, this, not the country. A lot of this stuff just sounds like a normal day in Texas, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. But whatever. Texas mm. listeners, write in and let us know. Yeah, sorry if you're from <laughs> Texas. Um so um, we're gonna move into news here. We have a couple of stories that are probably not gonna make us feel much better about the state of the world. Yay! Matt, kick us off. What the oh, hell is happening in Congress? Get the fuck out of this. All right. So, uh, I so a couple weeks ago we discussed how uh, John Boehner was gonna it just upped and quit as the head of speaker for the Republicans, and now officially, Paul Representative Paul Ryan has been elected to serve as the fifty fourth House Speaker. He got two hundred and thirty six votes, which is hell and back well above the 218 uh, threshold to become the speaker. He also earlier this week, actually today, Tuesday, uh, he warned the White House and the Democrats in a speech today that Republicans won't back down from a fight over government spending that left unresolved could uh, left unresolved could result in a mid-December shutdown. He said, this is a legislative branch and the power of the purse rests within the legislative branch. And we fully expect that we are going to exercise that power. So is this really Paul Ryan talking or is this the the House of Rep- uh, the House of Republicans talking through Paul Ryan? Is he going to be just like their puppet now? Well, <laughs> what are the thoughts of this? I think it, it raises the big question. Because I have no, I'm, I'm just I, waiting to tell me what I'm supposed to think. I don't no. think Paul Ryan knows what he's supposed to think. Well, he remember looks... before he was elected, he was like, everybody has to agree with what I'm going to say or I'm not doing it. So I guess this could be like the first example of that happening, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Is this what we're going to expect, though, in the future? Like this what, kind of more talk? more government shutdowns. Yeah. Or more or more. <laughs> yeah. More threats about this happening. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem is that the Republicans have elected a new Speaker of the House, which, by the way, let's be clear about one thing. This means that not only is Paul Ryan Speaker of the House of Representatives, he's also second in line to the presidency. So it's shut your dirty mouth. It's a big fucking deal, Joe Biden. It's a big (laughs) fucking deal. So he's second line to the presidency. This is a hugely powerful position. The problem is that they've elected a new speaker, but they haven't, they haven't uh, determined a new strategy. I mean, they're they're, yeah, that's exactly right. The GOP strategy thus far, I mean, at least the past few years, not in the history of the country, but lately, the GOP strategy has been. To just sort of anytime there's a piece of legislation, they stick something very hyper ideological 
into the legislation and then use it as a bargaining chip with the White House. So they'll say, hey, we'll remove this piece of shit awful amendment taking (laughs) away women's rights and then you'll get your bill. But in exchange, you need to cut taxes on everybody on like corporate businesses mm-hmm. or something so they'll they'll put they'll, they'll put something up that's very ideological they know has no support outside of like the tea party crazies and then right. that becomes their bargaining chip they they hold the rest of the they hold the the entire legislation hostage and that's happened dozens of times in the past few years mm-hmm. and i don't see how Paul Ryan is going to be able to overcome that. I mean, at least what I've heard from him so far, I don't hear any new strategy. Yeah. Well, also, like going back to to what he said uh, today about uh, p- possible shutdown again. Like he's only been he's only been in uh, in his office for five five days, <laughs> and he's already threatening a potential shutdown in December. And he's only been he's only been the head of speaker for five days. Like, is this really even a smart idea for him to do this? Like, I think it's all they got. Is it really all they have? <laughs> like, this is the only card that they have to play. Yeah, it's really upsetting. Um, I just feel. Do you guys remember when they were looking for the speaker? They like literally couldn't find people that wanted to do it. Looking. Yeah, yeah, they had nobody. Like Paul Ryan, the reason why he was just overwhelmingly elected is because he really was the only one who, yeah. kind of wanted to do it. Well, nobody I- wants to work with this batshit crazy caucus. Yeah, it's sad. And I mean, do you remember also whenever McCarthy was sort of set up to become the next speaker and then was like, oh, we need to I need to step aside so a new fresh face can fill in. And here we are with Paul Ryan, who is like he is kind of fresh, like he's he's relatively young in comparison to all the other reps. Yeah, true. But he also ran as a VP a couple of years ago. So people know him. He's been around for a little bit longer than I think people realize. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know the whole like. Republican, you know, presidential race and everything that's happening in Congress is just such a mess. It's like not even interesting. It's just sad at this point, in my opinion. I, yeah, it seems like they're mostly just reacting to whatever's happening with their yes. party and they're just trying frantically to try to keep all the pieces together. I, at least that's what it looks like. I agree with that 100%. Yep. I think that's an important point is that right that the Republican leadership keeps reacting they're not they're not going on the offensive um, as regards taking down the crazies in their own caucus, and which is yeah. what needs to happen. We're talking the four of us are talking about Paul Ryan becoming speaker in negative terms, primarily because let's be real, we're relatively we're more liberal than we are conservative. And so mm-hmm. we see Paul Ryan, who's this bastion of like conservatism, and we sort of choke up. But this is also really bad if you're a Republican, in my opinion, because yeah, I, agree. I, I think this just is going to be more of the same and we're going to see even deeper, deeper divides within the GOP. And that's not good for Republicans or for the country. Like, I think I mean, historically, this country thrives best when we're forced to compromise and meet in the middle Mm. Um, between the two parties, but having one party be so dysfunctional and obstructionist is really bad for the country as a whole, no matter Mm -hmm. where you fall on the political spectrum. So I hope that we're all wrong about Paul Ryan. I really genuinely do. And I think we should give him a chance. 
totally. Okay. Chance. okay, well then I have um I have a question going off on that then. Uh just for just for your guys' opinion, what do you think Paul Ryan's biggest uh biggest challenges uh he faces now with within the next I will say year? Like what are the challenges that that he has right now as as the head of speaker? Well, it seems like the first thing would be to make sure the government doesn't get shut down in December. That seemed to be the number one issue. Um, that's a, I mean, that seems like a challenge, but it also seems more like he is using that as as a platform. Yeah, as a platform, or even just as a threat. So it doesn't seem like he has much of a challenge on it. It just seems like that's yeah. what he's using for his advantage. Well, I know he's been talking a little bit about Planned Parenthood as well, um, and he's come out and said that he doesn't think that Planned Parenthood should receive any federal money, but he has also tried to caution his party that he's not 100% sure that they're going to be able to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing overall because that signals that he's at least willing to sort of talk these issues out a little bit. like. You know, frankly, the Republican Party seems to be it's our way or the highway. And if you don't mm-hmm. like it, then, you know, to hell yeah. with you. Yeah, You're that, with us I, or you're with the terrorists. Exactly. But I think, then, but I think with that, then, because I also think that John Boehner was kind of like that as well. Like he tried. Yeah, oh, yeah, to totally. he tried. Yeah, he tried. And look what happened. Like they, yeah. they wore him ragged. They made him yeah. cry. Yeah. Like he was crying <laughs> constantly. That didn't, take much. <laughs> yeah. that didn't take much. Yeah. That didn't take much. Well, I, I, really quickly. Oh, sorry. No, no, go for it, man. I was just going to say we were while we we're on the subject, I think the really the core issue with not just Paul Ryan and everything that's happening there is that the Republicans don't have solid leaders that they can confide in. Like, you know, there are all these just like random crazies that are trying to sort of make their case as the next big leader. And it's weird that Paul Ryan, of all people, kind of surfaced to the top of all of them in terms of, you know, being the leader of the Republican caucus here in Congress. But, um, you know, I think until they until the Republicans find a leader that can sort of work with everyone and not just, you know, do whatever what every other leader has done so far and sound crazy and be a Donald Trump, then it's just going to be another scenario, the exact same scenario as it has been in my opinion. I, I, think I it's agree. More, I think it's just more a little more difficult to, for the party to find a leader that all of them can go uh, can yeah. can be led by because they there is actually a spectrum of of conservatives mm-hmm. in the party. There are totally. more. I mean, there are extreme right wings like the Tea Party that are in in the House, and then there are more like conservative, uh, n- not more liberal, but more like like just not not sharing the same aspects and values that that other Republican parties share. So I think it's it's more difficult to try to find a nice medium between all parties that they can actually work together for. So Totally. We'll talk a little bit about this um some more in After Dark because I also want to point out uh some hypocrisy of Paul Ryan's because he demanded all this time off to be with his family, but he is already staunchly opposing any Ugh. bill that allows for paid family leave in this country. Um, well, that would be that would be for women, though. They don't need that. Yeah, he says he says that just because he tries to have a work life balance doesn't mean that he needs to support a quote unfunded mandate to allow women time off when they get pregnant. And I'm thinking, okay. We'll save this for After Dark because we need to move on. We don't have enough time in the planet for that shit. I was going to say that too. Uh, but but John, John, we're going to we're going to pop your millennial cherry here. You're going to 
lead us in the next story. Feels so good. Um, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yes, the next uh, popular news story is around China. China announced plans Thursday to abandon its controversial one-child policy and allow all couples to have two children. Hoo-hoo, big news. Um, the change more than 30, uh, the change more than 30 years after the policy was enacted came after a meeting of the Communist Party's leadership and amid growing pressures from a rapidly aging population. And so I guess the question here is, should we consider this progress? I think so. I mean, that's my personal opinion. You know, China's known for its human rights issues, I guess, but I guess one tiny baby step at a time is how you make things change, you know? <laughs> Pun intended there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. I mean, I it's think... It's such a foreign policy, though, I, I, for, for, for us to try to to discuss because it's not something that we that has ever been like an issue for Matt, us. That is exactly what I was thinking. I was on the subway coming home tonight, and I was thinking about that precisely. I'm like, maybe this isn't even a thing, like... You know, we're just so used to this lifestyle here in the free world. Like, is it really a big deal overseas? I don't know. Well, I mean, it is, though. I mean, the, yeah. China has a huge population problem in the country. That's why it, I just I don't really know how I don't really know what kind of opinion I can form because yeah. this has never been an issue that I that was that's right. been part of my everyday life. That yeah. Each family had to have one two two choices and. Uh, like had one child, like they were only allowed to have one child in their family. And then if and most people wanted boys because boys can help the family and support them when when the parents uh, get older and retire. But then if they have a like a, a daughter, then like the families, you, you run the risk of resenting that child because they weren't what you expected and you don't have another choice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I think by definition, it is progress because you can have 100% more children in China now. But like, <laughs> I I do wonder, like, will this change in policy affect the preference for boys? Or do you guys still think that because there's a limit, families are going to prefer boys to carry on the family name and everything? I think... I, I think it, it, if it does change, it won't it won't change for decades. Like it'll it, like the people yeah. who share this this opinion will not be changed. Like it won't change their opinion because that's how they grew up. So it will have to change with the new generations that are coming. I have to say I'm a little so I support this because for he, on the on the grounds of of human rights. Yeah, because China's had such a poor history of that and what. Some of the ways that they have enforced the one-child policy has been just heinous. I'm not even sure that it is something that can be uh, humanely enforced, frankly. So I'm not for the policy. I want to be very clear and upfront about that. But at the same time, I think we do need to recognize that like most things, this isn't as clear-cut as we would like it to believe. And I'm a big fan of nuance. And I think that let's understand that China does have a population problem and that they have no middle class, which only adds to it. China tends to be like in China, generally speaking, you tend to be either pretty fucking well off or really, really yeah. not well off. I That's mean, they absolutely have, true. Yeah. And they have a middle class. that's just incredibly small and damn near impossible to work your way up into it. And statistically, the less education you have and the more poor you are, the more children you're likely to have. So the reason that 
the, the thinking behind this was we don't want families that we can't support having lots of children because they were. They were having six, seven, eight kids, and the country couldn't sustain that, um, and it was, it, was getting, it was getting really bad. I, again, do not support this. There are other policy ways to address that issue besides being fucking assholes Yeah, like that's this. a good point. Condoms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's, you yeah. can always pass out condoms. You can, you can establish your own Planned Parenthood where you have, you know, well, health care for women. It's funny you say that because condom sales have dropped dramatically since this announcement in China. Right. And so my point is that I think there needs to be more than just a policy shift here. There needs to be a cultural awakening. Uh, there needs to be – there needs – they need to – fucking understand that you should be allowed to have whatever how many children that you want to have that's your right and the government shouldn't take that from you but that being said you also do kind of have a little bit of a responsibility to your people to institute policies that allow them to have those children safely and in sustainable numbers so i'm i hope that but culturally i don't, I don't know that they've yet recognize that i don't know enough about china yet to be able to say i really don't and also the country is so unbelievably massive it's like how can they get great leadership and great policy change when it affects so many people and i i don't know it just feels like china just has a lot of other like infrastructure issues first before anything in my opinion i also no go ahead laura sorry no, I, was, I wanted to. No, I'm sorry, John. I wanted to ask Laura what she thought about this because this is something that I could see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I want. I want to hear Laura's thoughts because I. Yeah. I feel like, like I said, I feel a little torn. I mean, I'm definitely with you in that I don't support a policy that sort of mandates how many kids you can have. Right. Um, but I also understand in the context of the culture and the country why it exists doesn't mean that I have to like it or agree with it. Um, And again, I do think, even though I disagree with the policy itself, this expansion is progress, by definition. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many cultural shifts this is going to cause, because I think having having this one-child policy has sort of become ingrained in the culture as well. Right. So I don't. That's a good point. I don't know if people are all of a sudden going to start <clears throat> popping out two babies just because they can. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I know. Also, I mean, that's I, all I got. <laughs> I also read an article. I don't think it was connected to this, but there was something about how, like, I don't know if it's like in next year or the next five years, but there will be like such an overwhelming amount of men versus women. Like, mm-hmm. apparently, there will be thirty million single men by like at some point in the next Fuck ten yeah. years. And (laughs) I'm going to China. Exactly. (laughs) See you guys in China. Uh, And I think that kind of has to be that has to play into this at least a little bit. Right. Like they need to have more options because there's an actual issue with, I don't know, like procreation is the word. But, (laughs) you know, I don't know how to really explain it, but. I thought that was an interesting tie mm-hmm. in this. Too, it so. is. And I I think I read actually an article about this too, where the fact that there is such a large percentage of men compared to women that, 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 that the women have become more uh, selective of their mates of the men because there's such a bigger pool to choose from that men 
have actually like depression in men have gone up so much because the the anxiety of trying to find a mate is so hard to come by, especially if you're not rich or really, really rich or very, very good looking. Yeah. You know, my thinking is if the United Nations wants to be so fucking raunchy, they should start like airlifting condoms across the globe so that people just strap it on. Not just China. It's not just them. We can use them here, too. I'll take That's, free condoms. I was going to say, I'll take those. That's completely. I'll take free condoms any day. Yeah. You can get free condoms with Planned Parenthood. Oh, wait. No, oh, wait. wait. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. One last thing right. about that 30 million men really quickly. I just wanted to mention that one of like the China's top leaders was like, well, why don't the guys just like share a wife? So we'll leave it Aww. at that. We'll leave you on that little note and move on from there. Again, I think the UN needs to fucking <laughs> stop take a bringing chainsaws fucking planet. <laughs> Do something here. <laughs> Do something, guys. Besides each other. Yeah, um <laughs> Laura, you're gonna introduce okay, devil's advocate. I'm excited for this. John, buckle sure. up. Laura, why don't you explain to him what this is first? Yes. So <laughs> Devil's Advocate is the game where we make our hosts argue the opposite of how they truly feel. So to remind everyone at home, as well as letting John know what's going to happen, um, we'll assign a host one of our news stories from today's show, and they must make a convincing case for the opposing viewpoint in two minutes. So on the hot seat today are Elisa and John. Oh and Elisa. Yeah. And Elisa, I'm going to make you go first. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your topic is Paul Ryan as House Speaker. Oh, you bitch! Are you ready? I'm going to start the timer. Wait, I need like a second here. Fuck! I'm no, that's not how this works. Okay, this is off the cuff. My you invented this game. Fuck! I regret everything. All right, ready? Okay, yeah, go. So, Paul Ryan, super hot. Let's be clear. I could see him on money someday. So, there's always that. Let's put more of these hotties in power. Number two, to be fair, Paul Ryan, he he has substance. So, the reason that he made it to, to where he is today isn't just because he's very good looking. It's because he actually came to the table with a lot of substantive ideas so he came up with a budget and pushed that through his committee um when no one else was doing it and (laughs) it um (laughs) you still got a minute 20 girl fuck and he pushed through a budget when no one else could do that so he made a name for himself not on the back of like having the same last name as others or like whatever but because he actually had like real policy ideas. And so I think we should all give him a chance. Number three, he's already said that he wants to make the process a lot more democratic. So he's not going to rule with an iron fist. He wants to hear his entire caucus's ideas. Dude, he's already Uh, threatening a government shutdown. And you're saying he's not ruling with an iron fist? I am saying he's making that threat because the caucus expects him to, and that's the nature of democracy, right? So isn't he perfect for the job? I mean, he's taking his cues from his constituents, and that's exactly what democracy is. And if we have a problem, then that means we have a problem with the contemporary Republican Party, not with Paul Ryan. So let's not make him a straw man. You still have 18 seconds. (laughs) Um, I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. 
that is what I truly like to be. <laughs> and we're done. And we're done. You you did well. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I don't know about all the good looking stuff, but aside from that, it was uh, it was all right. <laughs> you know what? You like Marco Rubio, okay? So, I okay. You know, we will talk about that at a different time. We don't. We wait, don't is have that enough. True. Oh, no, I don't like him as a political candidate. I find oh. him weirdly attractive. But uh, my baloney has a first name. It is O S C A R. All right, John. God, yes, I'm really nervous. No, don't be. Your topic okay. is so much easier than yours. Gonna feel great. So your topic is China's change in child allotment policy. Oh, God. Okay, you ready? Okay, how long do I get? Two minutes? Two minutes. I'm going to start you now. Okay, well, this is great news for people in China. Um, Congratulations. You can now add to your family, whereas before maybe you couldn't, um, if you already had uh, a child. Um, I think this will be great for... um, you know, like, sorry, I'm just like thinking off the cuff here. Um, oh, like the stroller industry is going to go crazy. I mean, they're going to have twice as many strollers out there. The economy, you know, China, you know, is known for what it's known for, like human rights issues. But maybe strollers will be the new thing people go um, to China for. Also, tandem bikes, you know, I think those might be things to look for in China that weren't previously there. So I think that's really exciting. Um, also, maybe this means by duplication, we would then have 60 million single men, which is, I think, a really good thing for at least Elisa and I, because that's what it sounded like a few minutes ago. Um, and 30 apiece. Yeah, exactly. 30, <laughs> 30 million a piece. piece for us, which I think is obviously a good thing. Um, another thing, this could, if you know, there are 60 million single men, I think that leads to more uh, gay relationships, which is only going to improve <laughs> for all. Oh also God. good for Johnny and Lisa. Exactly. Also good for us. For um, and I think, you know, that will also improve the nightclub industry. We're going to see a lot more. <laughs> Um, so China, which was once known for horrible human rights problems, will now be the epicenter of gay nightclubs, which I think is something that, um, you know, everyone on earth could look forward to. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how much time is left, Laura? You have eight seconds left. Oh my God. And, um, yeah, so that's really it. And I thank you guys for your time and it's been (laughs) here on Millennial. Oh my God. That was brilliant. You totally brought that full circle. Like... I tried my best. Wow, you basically just won that game. (laughs) So are you saying that this is great news because of strollers, tandem bikes, and nightclubs? (laughs) Yep, exactly. That's a solid argument. Yeah, Yeah, I think I think that's a very that's a very good topic or a very good point to bring up. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah, these are these are the real issues that we are facing here. Absolutely. As millennials, for sure. Oh Oh, my god. Uh, I don't know how we can top that. Um, <laughs> but, well, there are no tops here, so <laughs> I think we should have a main discussion on uh, <laughs> on tandem bikes because I never, I never knew that was a thing. Um, all I'm right, happy to come back on and talk about tandem bikes down the line if you want to. It's a big thing. So we want to talk now. Like I said at the top of the show, there's been a lot happening in the news lately with. The, hacking, the hacker group Anonymous, they announced 
um, a couple weeks back that on November 5th, so tomorrow, uh, they're going to be they're going to be doing a massive data dump with a bunch of information about who is in the KKK. They're releasing more than a thousand names. They're releasing all the source data that shows where they got these names, and it's already made headlines. In fact, a couple of uh, a couple of groups who are not anonymous but who say they have connections to anonymous are reporting that as many as four United States senators and a host of mayors are uh, actually on this list, are members of the KKK. Again, we don't know that for sure. Uh, these people aren't – the people who are reporting this are not part of Anonymous. So we really need to take that with a grain of salt. I'd actually rather not even name anybody yet because I don't want to smear people without evidence. But suffice it to say, it's a big fucking deal. So Laura, why don't – Explain to us first a little bit for international listeners, who who is the KKK and what are your thoughts on this initially? Okay, <clears throat> so the KKK was originally formed in Tennessee following the Civil War by six former Confederate soldiers. The Klan's mission was to promote white supremacy through threats, violence, and murder. And while they did manage to drive many, many white and black progressives out of politics, they declined significantly until they formed the second Klan in Atlanta in the early 1900s. Um, the Klan saw further resurgence during the Civil Rights Movement and desegregation of the 1950s and 60s when they forged powerful alliances with police departments and with governors such as George Wallace in Alabama. They published and distributed propaganda depicting lynchings of black people and have made suppressing black voters through fear, intimidation, and murder their mission. They are known today as an American racist terrorist organization, and although there are an estimated 5,000 members, no one wants to be openly affiliated with the Klan, hence why Anonymous is planning to openly expose them. Um, So... As somebody who was raised in the Deep South, I do not feel sorry for these fuckers at all. (laughs) I have no sympathy. I'm sorry. You want to be a little, like, white-hooded terrorist motherfucker? Well, guess what? The hood's coming off, bitch. (laughs) Laura, that's really insensitive of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I chime in here, actually? Yeah. Well, I wanted to first point out that um, – do you guys remember when I was on an episode of Smart Mouths back in the day? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, Elisa, if you remember, but you and, I had, you and I had a discussion about Robert Byrd and how he was a racist and in the KKK. Do you remember yes. that? Yes, Isn't I that do. crazy that the next time we talked on a podcast would be <laughs> about the exact same issue revolving around the KKK? <laughs> I don't know all of the bodes very well. It's like every time we get together, it's like white supremacy is exactly. on the menu. Yeah, exactly. That's funny, though. Um, so that's the KKK, but who is anonymous? Now, we've heard about them. We've heard about them before, but Matt, what are a couple of things that, that, that they've done in the past? All right. Well, I, I found just a few that I'm just going to read off. Um, they have done a lot of things in the past, but these are the ones that I that I remember. <laughs> just This is just me. Um, okay, so the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Anonymous versus the Westboro Baptist Church, and it was back in 2008. And uh, what happened was uh, they, they uh, Anonymous sent a letter threatening to hack uh, the, the church's website. 
uh, uh, Westboro played uh, the role of the victim, inviting Anonymous to, quote, bring it. And days later, uh, Anonymous hacked the Westboro uh, website, uh, writing, take this defacement as a simple warning, go away. The, <laughs> the world, including Anonymous, disagrees with your hateful messages, and there's a, quote, lesson to be learned here. And um, and then last thing they wrote was when your supporters can be counted on your fingers and your enemies outnumber the population of China, it is unwise to brazenly invite attack. Um, also, in 2008, uh, they uh, the uh, anonymous declared war on Scientology. This is basically the one that got them on the map. This is when they actually got like widespread attention. Um, they they declared war on Scientology after Gawker posted a notorious video of of celebrity Scientologist Tom Cruise. Uh, an anonymous posted then a video of their own, declaring that quote the extent of your malign influence over those who trust you as leaders have made clear to us. Has been made clear to us. Anonymous has therefore decided that your organization should be destroyed. It um, it launched an, an elaborate disruption program called Project Chanology, which encouraged people to spam the church with emails, phone calls, and bringing down the website with denial of service attacks, uh, aka DDoSs. They also did a, a black faxing, which if you don't know what this was, because I didn't, black faxing is when you send a fax, which is just a black piece of paper <laughs> that that basically drains all the facts and printers as ink, which is I think pretty pretty That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny, yeah. And then uh, lately in uh, February, I think of last year, the uh, anonymous uh, launched Operation Ice ISIS. Um, they began the attack on the Islamic State of Iraq. Uh, their social media accounts, internet-based recruitment drives, and apparently they destroyed months of recruiting work and released a statement saying, "We will haunt you, take down your sites, accounts, emails, and expose you. From now on, no safe place for you online. You will be treated like a virus, and we are the cure. You, we own the internet. We are anonymous. We are legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us." And so. That's, so yeah. yeah, so they have so so my, so then they they pretty much make a habit of attacking like jackasses, right? Whether it's <laughs> whether it's I mean I'm sorry I'm not saying I'm sorry, but Scientology is nonsense and they're jackasses like they like they just are. So like Scientology, ISIS, whatever. So it's kind of like they've gotten away with some of this to an extent because it's not like they attack you know, a ch like charitable yeah. organizations. It's not like they attack your average citizen even. They attack mm -hmm. institutions with a lot of either uh, corruption or hatred. That's what they do. And they and they release all of their personal information. And I kind of like this. This is a really interesting uh, dichotomy to me because it's sort of like the KKK, which is very old world like like, you know, another era living in the past, like racist crazies versus new world, like hacking groups. Um, so it's like the old versus new, like it's like the clash of like generations almost. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's a really interesting, interesting subject, but it, it does bear to mind, like, what are, what are the ethical values at, at play here? between the KKK and Anonymous, how much do we value our privacy versus how much do we value social justice? 
Um, Laura has a few questions that will help us get into this a little bit more. Yeah. So anytime something with anonymous comes up, the, the discussion of hacking and, and ethics always sort of tends to bubble to the surface. So I guess my first question is about perceptions of privacy on the internet. Um, being that we're the last generation that remembers what life was like pre-internet, what mm-hmm. are our expectations of privacy when we're online? And this is just speaking very generally. We'll dive into what the clan does later. <laughs> I mean, for me personally, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I get that there's a right to privacy and like, you know, people who really believe in that should stand up for it and, you know, never give in. But, you know, for me, I'm like, I personally have nothing to hide. And I know that's like always like um, an example that people use about how you shouldn't be talking about this subject. But I don't have an issue with it. And I think, you know, in some ways that there has to be some breaches of privacy to protect people. And I think in in one way or another, this social justice hacking is one way of sort of doing that. Maybe it's not the cleanest, most polite way to do it, but um, I think it's a great sort of thing that's happening in my opinion, but I don't know what others think about that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's such a difficult question because on the one hand, like speaking, looking at like the, the principle of the thing, do I believe people should have privacy online? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Is that what, what it really is, (laughs) what the scenario is really like it? It's not really that way. And, I do think that when you post something online, and this is how I've always felt, like when I put something on the internet, I know that somebody somewhere else is going to see it, whether that person works in a data center or whether that person works for Google or whatever. So like you can, you can have your expectation of privacy, but you have to understand it may not be a reasonable expectation just because of the world that we've built around technology. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I agree. I mean, I think my understanding, so the internet definitely, I actually am old enough to remember like what shit was like before the internet. And it's definitely changed my understanding of it. I have, I sort of go into, I, I sort of assume that anything that I post online is going to be public forever. I think that that's a safe a safe assumption, but I think I think posting something online is very different from simply being online. So if I make like a Twitter status, mm-hmm. I fully expect, and anybody should fully expect that that can just be public information forever. But like if I visit a website, I'm not sure that it is reasonable or okay that we all expect that that IP address is going to be logged and will at some point be public information. I should be able to browse the internet at my my discretion. So there should be a difference in how we understand privacy between things that we post and things that we put out there versus things that we merely do. So like, even if your Facebook is locked, just assume that it's not just, you know, (laughs) Just fucking realize that it's not really that someone's going to see that at some point. They can just take a fucking screen cap and then upload to Imgur and then you're done. So like just that's fine. I I don't expect that. But like if I visit a website or whatever or if I sign a petition that's a private petition and I say on there I want my details to remain anonymous, I feel like that should be respected. 
Well, let's maybe bring this back now so that we're talking about the KKK as a terrorist organization. I think the difference when we share our personal accounts is that we are individuals. And while as individuals, we have the capacity to say and do douchey things on the internet, the KKK is actually a terrorist group. And they have killed people. And they have intimidated people. And they have scared people away from voting by threat of death. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where in the difference lies. So I think... Obviously, we think the Klan deserves this. There's really, I mean, at least I do. There's no question about that. But there does seem to be some uncomfortable sentiment surrounding mass hacks like this in general. And I think the reason that we're okay with this is, one, it's the Klan and they can go fuck themselves. And two, (laughs) Anonymous has always targeted people and groups who deserve to be taken down. So I think people start to get a little bit nervous when they think, okay, what would happen then if maybe not Anonymous, but maybe a group like Anonymous started going after people who maybe didn't deserve to be taken down? It's scary to think about, really. Has anyone listening ever seen the documentary Citizen Four? Mm -mm. No. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, I've seen Citizen 4, yeah. Yeah, and I it was it's a it's the Edward Snowden documentary with that he had filmed while he was leaking all of the details of the NSA. It won, it won the Oscar for best. Yeah, and it won the yeah. Oscar. Um and it really kind of changed the way I approach um not just my online identity but just sort of like everything about my life and again as I mentioned like I have nothing to hide. I'm not worried about um, you know, somebody discovering something like I have nothing to hide in that way. But um, if you haven't watched it, check it out. It's on HBO Go. Um, I think it's a very educational and interesting look at how our government kind of is listening in and constantly watching us in a post 9-11 world. Um, I think it would really support some thoughts that we might have around this topic. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't I don't know. This to me is a much tougher thing to parse to than than just like yes or no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like like Laura, your what what was your question? Which question I asked like, of you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I feel like you you said well, like, something at the end. Oh, like why are we okay with this particular instance? Right. And I posited it's because of who is being targeted. And the fact that Anonymous has consistently and always targeted groups and organizations that take advantage and hurt people. Right. So that um, this actually this general principle sort of came up not too long ago when the website Ashley Madison was hacked. I was just thinking that, too. Yeah. Everybody's information was put out there. And at first, our knee jerk, and I'll admit mine was the same. At first, our knee jerk reaction was like, ha ha ha, fuck these people. They're just cheating yeah. on their spouses. Who cares? But at closer, you know, upon closer investigation, you realize it's really not that clear cut. There are some people on there who were giving their sob stories about why they were cheating. Some people had spouses who were like, you know, in a coma and stuff, and, and that they felt like this was the only way, the only place where they could be accepted. And furthermore, is cheating on your spouse really the same thing as, for example, the KKK? <laughs> I don't think it is. Um, and so, where, so then that begs the question, where do we draw the line? And I think, yes, exactly. I, I think we need to be very careful about where we decide to draw the line. And my question to you guys is, is the KKK getting hacked justice? Is it real, actual justice? Or is it revenge 
And does that make a difference in the way that we we see the story? Because if it's justice, I think we would all agree, okay, this could be warranted. But if it's revenge, and if it's not really accomplishing anything, then mm-hmm. then yeah. maybe privacy should be uh, should be should matter more. Mm-hmm. Here's the I thing about like, the. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna go. I mean, just just a just a little thing. I, I feel like uh, discussing on privacy on the internet is is a battle that will probably never be. It, it, it will never come to a conclusion. It really won't. Um, with with anonymous, though, I think it's it's hard to it's it's hard to have a discussion about about this group along with what so what is what is safe and what is okay with being anon uh, having anon- anonymity on the internet and what isn't. It's um. It just it's it seems like it's 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 still kind of new the internet where mm-hmm. where we don't really have an idea uh we don't really have a set of rules i mean yeah, it, and- it's only been it, I, I will say it's been it's been less than 20 years since we've really had the internet the way that it is you're now. so and right it's, but it's but, constantly but, getting bigger but what's your but, but 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 answer the question what's your thought is this justice or is it revenge i think i i, I think it's I, I don't know if it's i don't think it's justice or revenge. I think it's just another form of attack. It's a retaliation. I don't think I, I think it's I think it's a group's form of justice that's not that's not being widely considered. Like it's them deciding that this is the right thing to do, not yeah. n- not not the general public. But this is a group of people. This is a terrorist group who have since their inception have quite literally hidden behind a mask. Mm-hmm. Right? So that they could go about terrorizing people without being recognized oh, back yeah. in I the mean, old I, days it's not like i don't disagree with what they're doing i think what what they have should be coming to them uh, i'm just i'm just also i'm just saying that this is a group that has basically put things into their own hands it's almost a form of um jeez um what do they call batman Putting things into his own hands. Vigilante. These, uh, Vigilante. 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 But you. see, here's yeah. here's the thing, though. This is a group of people. They they did this back then, and they're apparently doing it now, where they would be out on a weekend with their mask covering their fucking face, burning crosses, and lynching people. And then on yeah. Sunday, they'd be sitting in the pulpit praying to God, and some of them would go into their government offices. Well, that's and why... I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I think if you are a member of a terrorist group, mm-hmm. you need yeah. to be unmasked, and I do not feel sorry for them at all. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Oh, I don't feel sorry for them at all. I think what what what's happening to them w- with this group is, is great. Like, it's what should have been done <laughs> way long ago, but... I think that's precisely why it's not it's uh, not justice, because in order to call it justice, I think there need to be real um, justice happening here, not just exposing their names, but also having them own up to um, the things that they've been doing and have a real sort of um, punishment for that. So I do think it's a little more leaning leaning towards revenge if they're not really doing much else except releasing names. I hate to say it, but you have to kind of think about 
well, obviously, aside from their illegal crimes, you know, if they're just gathering as a group, there's a First Amendment situation there where they're like, okay, yeah, they have hate speech, they're terrible people, but they're allowed to think those things. But, you know, the criminal aspect aside, I mean, obviously, they're terrible human beings. And I love that you're calling them terrorists, Laura. I hadn't even really thought about that. Well, and I'm not just calling them terrorists. There are a number of organizations, including the Southern Poverty Law Center, who call them terrorists, because to this day, members of the Klan still try to intimidate minority communities into not voting. Had you ever experienced like anything like that in Georgia? Absolutely. I mean, when when I first moved there, we still had very active members of the local Klan chapter. And while they didn't walk around openly in their robes, they had different T-shirts that they would wear that made it clear of their affiliation. And they would come into like the store that I worked and they would harass any um, any employees who were of who are from a particular minority group. I had a man one time refer to my manager as a, quote, Negro manager to my face. Oh, my God. So, like, I just zero sympathy. Yeah, I can tell. Zero. Yeah, yeah you can tell just, like, the tenor <laughs> of my voice and the way yeah. this discussion is going. I could seriously give a fuck about these people's personal <laughs> lives. I I agree with you 100% on that. I think, I think you probably have to be a little unhinged not to think that the KKK deserves to be outed and members of the KKK deserve to be outed. My, my has my, I become a little reticent though about, about the issue more generally because it's about anonymous, not about what they did here. I give zero fucks about what they did here, but about the existence of anonymous and that the power that they wield, because so far they've only used it on institutions that the four of us think deserve it. But number one, the four of us do not the entire country make. And number two, what's to stop them from moving on and doing this to other organizations that we that we might support or that we don't think are are terrorists? And that's 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 the problem. We don't know who these people are. By definition, I mean they're anonymous, right? Yeah. We don't know we don't know who they are. We don't know where they live. They don't know how they're doing what they're doing. And and right now it's working out very well for us. Right now my social justice boner is at like full mass. And <laughs> You're getting close. I'm getting close. I'm like one more hack away from climax. So I'm all about <laughs> this shit. But I was saying like what happens? Like, like shouldn't we be at least a little like <laughs> okay? Like a like a little suspicious? Well, yeah. And I, I think that brings us to the point where Saying the KKK deserves this, but then also saying hacking isn't okay can both be true statements, right? Yeah, Mm. right. So this is the ethical dilemma here, is that on one hand, we support social justice and we support assholes like terrorist organizations like the KKK being taken down. But on the other hand, we also support privacy. And so like what Laura was just saying, both things can be true. But at some point, I mean, what do you guys think? Doesn't it become a matter of prioritizing it? Don't you have to sort of prioritize, okay, which one matters more to me in the end? Yeah, this is like, wow, very complicated, you know, to like sort of balance these ideas and Mm – come to a conclusion. Um, you know, I guess the way I look at it is sort of like not, not 
in this serious a manner, but think about like guns, you know, like, of course there are the idiots out there in the world that use guns for the most terrible reasons. But then there are also people that use guns in normal sporting ways that don't abuse it and don't make it a thing. I think the same can sort of be compared to with hacking, you know, like obviously, you know, hacking credit card information and stealing zillions of dollars is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. But I do think that exposing people and, um, you know, these types of situations and exposing information that is in its core, you know, a problem or an issue that needs to be resolved. I can't say that I would be against that, but I mean, I get that might not have been the best comparison, but, um, I guess it's just a matter of what the intention is because, you know, at the end of the day, there's, what have they hacked? They've hacked security information that is holding, um, information that is can be used against people and for the, you know, to make people's lives miserable. And in some cases, as Laura was saying, even potential death. So I can't say that I'm against it personally, but I guess you're right. Both things can be true. I just don't know how I can, I need more time, you guys. Maybe well, and, can and it can, <laughs> and I think, I think you can, you know, examine things on a case by case basis too. Precisely, yes. Um, Well, and I think that a really good example is actually what we brought up at the top of the discussion, which was that Anonymous, the the actual organization, is saying they're not going to release anything until Thursday, right, November 5th. Mm -hmm. But there have already been names leaked and lists leaked out. And Anonymous is saying that wasn't us. So there's clearly some other group out there masquerading as Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and, and taking not... down potentially innocent people. Right, exactly. And that is a problem. And that's yeah. why we're not naming anybody in this show, because we <laughs> don't, you know, we have a small audience, but we also don't want to drag people's names through the mud unnecessarily. Right. I can guarantee you, though, if those names are confirmed, they will be dragged be... through the mud next week. <laughs> they will be thoroughly dragged through the mud. <laughs> So I, the the last point the last point here I wanted to touch on was the issue of optics and how this issue is perceived and how we are perceived when we talk about it because I mean I think I've been clear on 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 one thing which is that I mean hacking is hacking is illegal it's 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 wrong right. by any modern legal or constitutional sense the fourth amendment protects the right of the people to be secure in their persons houses papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures this is the fourth amendment and that's that's what they're violating and there are a million other statutes that protect our privacy but they all stem from from the fourth amendment this is clearly a breach of that and i think we should take that seriously but If I'm being honest with you guys, I'm kind of afraid to say that because I worry that if I express discontent with groups like Anonymous, that I seem like I'm being – I'm afraid of being judged sometimes. I'm afraid of people misinterpreting that as meaning that I'm not sensitive to racial injustice, that I prioritize the Fourth Amendment over the lives and happiness of minority groups, which I, I don't think is true, but that's, that's the perception. So, I mean, do you guys ever feel that way? I mean, let's, let's talk about in the context of this issue. Do you feel mm-hmm. like there are people out there who are more worried about anonymous than they're saying purely because they're afraid to seem like they support the KKK? 
I'm sure there are. I would like to bring up a a really good example of what you're talking about. And it's that um, I believe it was in the 90s, the ACLU actually defended the KKK's right to assemble and march peacefully. That's kind of what I was saying. Through a neighborhood, right? So, like, you, you can disagree with an idea, Right. And you you can have a completely heinous, awful idea that I think makes you a repugnant human being, but you're still allowed to express those thoughts. I think, yes. Can members of the KKK be openly racist? Sure. I think they're awful human beings. But the difference is that's not the extent of their activities. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. That's what I was saying, too. Like their crimes aside, say whatever you want. Um but be prepared to deal with the consequences of, yeah. you know, people not liking you and hating I mean, your whole life. Yeah, you can't really do you can't really change the opinion of individuals. It's mo- we mostly are just trying to keep justice and keep keep order in the actions that they do. And in the case of the KKK, their their actions are very are very similar to terrorism. In fact, it's what they are mm-hmm. terrorists. Yeah, we are labeling them as terrorists when they are. So I think that's uh, that that's mainly the issue here is that we are we are retaliating or our our actions and opinions on them is more on what they've done as opposed to how they how they think and feel. Well, and it's also a question too of like how much do you regard I guess the the civil liberties of a group of people who are taking it upon themselves to try and strip other groups of their civil liberties. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing, though, is is that I agree with what Laura is saying here, which is that if all they did were assemble and march around and mm-hmm. spread their hate through words and petitions and, you know, op-eds in the newspaper or shit like that, then this would be very this would be very different. But that's not what they that's not what they do. Historically, they have fucking murdered people. Um, so I, I accept that that distinction it's an important one to be had i just want to point out that if you see somebody who who is expressing a nuanced opinion about an issue like this anonymous hack try hard not to make assumptions about their values i don't want people to ever under any circumstances feel like they need to stay quiet for fear of like being misunderstood or being judged like I hope that anyone who's listened to me for more than 30 seconds knows that I do not support the KKK or anyone like it, but that I I am still allowed to have complicated feelings about this. I'm allowed to have complicated feelings and not be, you know, racist or supportive Mm -hmm. of the KKK. No, it's still creepy as fuck what they're doing. I mean, anonymous, like it's still really creepy and it is kind of unsettling even if you're able to like snicker at the people who are uh, the targets. Right. And I would encourage everyone to like anonymous. The one thing that I will say about them that I do like is that if they're, if you're going to hack something, release all of your data, be super transparent about it. They don't just release like the top line information. They show you exactly how they got it, where they got it from. So they're more transparent about it than other hacking groups have been. 
So Mm -hmm. when these headlines start coming out, guys, and you read like such and such is a KKK member, go look at the data, verify that for yourself, because every person on the in this country is going to try and use this to further their agenda. They're going to start putting out. They're going to start putting out headlines. Such and such is part of the KKK. Such and such was found to be part of the KKK. Don't trust media headlines for something this egregious you know like make sure if you're gonna judge somebody if you're if you're gonna say someone's part of the kkk you better know that that's fucking true yeah always find the facts for yourself like and and that kind of brings us back to something elisa and i have talked about privately is that don't don't even take our word for it please for the love of god do your own research (laughs) andrew sims is part of the kkk (laughs) <laughs> oh my god oh my god his asshole bleach so it's a little bit more whiter no it's what they do that's that's why yeah that's why because he was like you know white power and that's why he's not on the show anymore because oh we we're god. like he so all the google searches that bring up andrew's name from now on are gonna have really interesting results um. <laughs> our work is done if that's the case yeah. all right any final thoughts here guys we no, could talk about this for ages. Yeah. Um, I'm right. just, I'm really excited. I'm not gonna lie. I'm so, oh. I'm so. If I had a penis, I would be so hard waiting for oh. Thursday. I am really excited too, just so I can do exactly what Elisa said not to do, which is point at people and say, "Ha, you're a racist." <laughs> <laughs> can we all agree that we're gonna do that to Andrew, though? Can oh, we? Sure. Like Andrew, we found out. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> we saw you're fucking racist. We should just get every listener to like hijack his Facebook and be like, "What's going on? Why is your name on this list? What's going on? Oh Are you a racist?" God. Although I guess if we're saying it on the show, he'll know. But still, it would have nah. been unless he doesn't listen. Uh, I mean, that's that's true. True. Totally we can possible. say that haven't already been said to him before. So. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Show us your white asshole, Andrew. I'm not sure <laughs> that's been breached yet. I mean, his asshole's been breached. I mean, I'm not sure that subject has been breached. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up the show. Um, fucking John Thrasher. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I this was had so, so much, much fun. fun. Yeah, it was great. Thank you yeah. so much. You, you were can check me out great. And check me out on currentlypodcast.com. Thanks. That's all. That's my last plug, I swear. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and then I think I'm going to come join you on Currently yes. oh sometime soon. Yeah. Completely forgot. Yeah, Laura will come on Currently. And by the way, Elisa and Matt, if you ever want to come on, let me know. We always have an open seat for you guys. Um, I like to share the podcast love. So yeah, Laura will be on, I think this week, right, Laura? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to get on that, actually, now that you yeah. say that. <laughs> um, so check her out on the same week's episode. How fun. That's cool. Well, thanks, John. I would take you up on that, except for the fact that you broke my you broke my uh, devil's advocate game earlier, and it will <laughs> never be come, the same. You can come on my show and really show me up to any time. I'm completely okay with that. <laughs> okay, uh, that's that definitely. <laughs> you're overestimating me. <laughs> All right. Do we have any recommendations? I have one. I'll start. Um, I started getting into this game. It's it's an app. It's called Plague. And I think it's based off of an old game called Pandemic. It is so fucking addicting. The entire point. So you have a, a, a map of the globe. 
you start your your infection wherever it is that you want Ew. and then you have to make it spread and your your goal is to wipe out the planet uh, this appeals to me in some weird psychological way it's really fun actually it sounds it's really interesting when you're like texting people like yeah i fucking took out madagascar they're done they're over and it's like you sound like a megalomaniac but it's really it's really great so um i'm offended by that because you didn't live through the ebola outbreak last year that oh Sarah and i God. had to live through so <laughs> I'm personally offended, and I will not be checking that app out. I'm just excited <laughs> because Anonymous is going to target you next now, Elisa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, You're Lord. next. <laughs> just saying, it's a fun game, guys, all right? And all right. Whatever. Um, I would like to recommend the movie Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Because one, it's a great movie, and two, there's a fantastic scene where you can see a bunch of clansmen getting owned as you wait to jerk off to the justice porn we're going to get later God. this week. Oh my so God. yeah, there you go. That's a that's aggressive. That was no, yeah, I I'm really escalated. excited. You're uh, being all nuanced and shit. I'm stoked. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, I recommend the book, Miss um, Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I just started reading it now. It's kind of like a young adult. It's a young adult book, but um, it is kind of like a fantasy young adult that's been picked up by Tim Burton. He's gonna be making it pretty soon. So just check it out. It's a nice fun read. I have two recommendations. Can I? No, yeah. one. No, just one. God damn it. I keep ruining everything tonight. Um, well, first is my amazing podcast, currently podcast.com. <laughs> uh, just throwing that one out there. And the other one is, and don't make fun of me, but I got the new Apple TV yesterday. And I had the original Apple TV. And if you can get the upgrade, I really think it's worth it. I'm a huge fan of my Apple TV. It's. You can buy them for like, I think, 70 bucks now, the originals, but um, the new one's really fun and there's a new game. Um, you can play games on it now, by the way. It has an app store. What? Yeah. And there's a new uh, game on the Apple TV called Crossy Road and it's very similar to like Frogger meets um, Flappy Bird, if you will, and you have to oh, like nice. take this like little chicken thing across these um, highways and without getting smashed. And I played it last night for like two hours straight before I was like, oh my god i am too old to be playing games like this for two hours in a row um so check those things out because they're a lot of fun cool all right cool. all, all right. right thanks guys i appreciate have, you yeah. having you oh, and i had so much you. fun you were thank great. you john thanks. um coming up on after dark we're going to be talking a little bit more about paul ryan i want to explain one more point about this guy and what i think is going to happen um, we're also going to talk about a recent video of a school resource officer completely body slamming this high school girl. Uh. Um, it was caught on camera, thankfully. Otherwise, she probably wouldn't be believed. And we're going to talk about that. Um, and we're also going to play – we're going to continue Devil's Advocate. This time, Laura and Matt will be on the hot seat since they didn't get to do uh -uh. it in the main show. Okay. And we're going to play a game of Drunk or Kids. So awesome after dark coming up. If you have any feedback for us, write us an email, millennialshow at gmail.com. Um, and I think – yeah, I think that's it. Thanks, yeah. guys. Great. See you next week. See you Bye. guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> oh. <laughs>